Good morning. It's great to be together. Um, if you don't know me, my name is Colin. It's good to be together. I just, um, I just love to pray for a moment. I just would love to ask God to come and lead us in these next few minutes, this time we've got together. Um, this morning, it's not, I'm not preaching as such. I just want to use this morning really to catch us back up to speed with um, some of what God's been doing among us as a church, among us as churches in the town, um, and then personally for myself and Emma also in this season. Um, and just, sorry it's not a Christmassy thing, if you're here for Christmas, God sent his son so that you can have life, get to know him, he's good. Um, but just really wanted to just take this morning to um, catch us back up to speed and so I hope that's okay, but I just felt as we just came to a close there in worship, I just want to welcome the Spirit, the Holy Spirit this morning, you would come and just do a work of opening our hearts and ears to you again, that we would see your glory and your presence amongst us in all you're doing in these days in your church, both across this nation, the nations of the world, here in this town, among us as your people, here in Gateway, that we would be so aware of your presence and your leading. We want to thank you for all you've been doing in these days, and we know that there is more, and we're hungry for more. We're hungry to see your kingdom break out among us in our own lives in our families and homes, in our workplaces and across this town, that your kingdom would be established in increasing measure in these days. Just pray even right now, just as was mentioned a moment ago, as Katie said about the election, Lord, I pray for any hearts and minds or lives that are thrown at the moment or, or, or have a false confidence even in earthly kingdoms. We thank you that yours is a kingdom that can never be shaken. That yours is the throne that is above every throne, King Jesus. That yours is the name that is above every name. That you are the true king and rightful heir. And we boast in your sovereignty this morning. We just speak to our hearts and minds and just say, be at peace because God reigns. Be at peace because he's, his is the kingdom that will fill the whole earth. And Lord, just even hearing that news about um, Maggie's um, stepmom, we just recognize that life is fleeting, that it really is a, a wisp of vapor that is here one moment and gone the next. And that we don't know when the moment is for any of us that we will breathe our last breath here in this life and Lord, I want to pray that even hearing that, we wouldn't just say, oh, that's sad. But Lord, it would awaken us to the realities of life and death. That Lord, you have called us to a serious business. Lord, of rescuing with this message of hope that you've given us. This good news of your kingdom come, of your gospel extended to us. Your good news about Jesus extended to us that you would come and even in those moments when we hear that, you would motivate us with this gospel of grace that you love and you save. 
that you have conquered the grave, that you have overcome, you are victorious. Come by your spirit right now. Jesus, we thank you that you are so good to us. We thank you, Jesus, that you, you love your bride, the church, so deeply. You love your creation. You love, you love people, men and women, made in your image so deeply that you even gave your life for us. And just pray this morning that we would go from this place knowing that we are deeply, deeply loved by you, the living God. With a deep confidence in your promises and your work on the cross over our lives and in us, we, we, we just rest in you again this morning. Lord, when all the world is running to and fro and, and what does it mean and what do we do next and this, that, the other, we say thank you that you are the anchor of our soul, King Jesus that we have a hope that is in you and it is steadfast and immovable. And that as your people, therefore, we can be confident in you and in your work. Love, whatever comes our way, we declare together that you are good. Amen. So just want to take a few moments to, as I said, bring us up to speed with um, really some of what God's been doing and leading us over this last season. Um, and by season, I probably mean the last five years. And don't worry, I'm not going to recap everything. But, um, but just aware that God has been doing a lot. And, and sometimes some of what God does is very background things. And we always want the upfront thing, the thing that's easy to spot and easy to go, oh, wow, isn't that so amazing? But God has been at work in many ways over the last five years or so in us as a church and in his church. And of course, it's obvious to say God's been at work. Of course, he's been at work. But I don't want us to miss what it is that God has been doing. I want, I want us to make sure that we know what it is that God has been doing. And, and I, I'm... When I look back over this last five years, I'm so excited and encouraged by the things that God has lent, led us through as a church, um, together at Gateway, and together as a town. And two things in particular, kind of mountains for me that stand out over the last five years, are for us as Gateway that we've, we've had a season of giving and sending. Fantastic. And that was a kind of Boris Johnson fantastic then. He always does it at the wrong moment. He goes, fantastic. He doesn't quite... Land it on the right beat. Um, I'm not going to beat him up. He, he's good. Right. Um, and, and we've had a season of giving and sending. And you'll know we actually really, in one sense, we started by sending Simon and Fiona to Mumbai for six months. And then after that, uh, a, a while later, they moved on to Biggin Hill. And Simon's leading the, the New Life Church there at Biggin Hill. And they're doing really well. And it's great to be able to catch up with Simon as we gather um, as leaders um, from across the regions beyond churches. And of course, Simon and Fee were such a blessing to us. And, and some of you will go, Simon and Fee who? Don't worry. They were just a blessing. And um, they used to be part of the leadership team here at Gateway. And we sent them to bless our brothers and sisters in our wider family of churches, regions beyond. And they are a huge blessing to new life and further afield. And then... A while later, we sent Mark and Jackie Thornet to the Isle of Wight, where they have their, it's sunny every day, apparently, in blue skies, and, no, it's not, um, 
And Mark um, used to, again, be part of the leadership team. He, in fact, used to lead Gateway um, for, a, for a while. And we sent those guys, again, to partner, to strengthen another church of part of our family of churches. And that is such a privilege to be able to do that. We mustn't discount the privilege of sending gifts, of sending one another to go and strengthen what it is that God's doing. Not just here, in, we're not just interested in Swindon, we're interested in what God is doing in the nations. We're not just interested in my own life, we're interested in one another's lives. Hopefully that's true for us. And so it's a privilege to be able to send those guys. And then more recently, we've um, sent a whole group of people to be part of the Penn Hill um, Community Church that we've just planted along with Discovery and other churches um, in the town, and they are doing so well. And this afternoon, actually, is the toy appeal, and they're having a lunch together, and then the toy appeal, and Clive and Kaz are going to be um, just sharing their story this afternoon. So do pray for Clive and Kaz this afternoon, just that, as they share their um, story of God's work in their life, that it would land um, so well in hearts and lives there. And it's been a real privilege to go and um, spend some time with those guys and see those that we've been sending, just standing, working together with others they didn't know before, and saying, hey, we're here for Penn Hill. We're here for the, the good of this place. We're here to see God's kingdom come and bless this place. And then, of course, we sent um, Nick and Motti off at the beginning of October to Seattle. Um, Nick was one of the elders here, again, part of the leadership team of the church, those guys, and they've just been such a blessing to us over many years. And then also, over the last year, as you know, there's been many that we've sent to Patton, um, the church just down the road, the new uh, church plant. And it's been a privilege to send guys to go and strengthen what those guys are doing, what God has called those guys to do here in the town, and to say, we're not, we're not different camps people, we're, we're the church of Jesus. And say, hey, good, if that's what God's put in your heart, then go and we bless you. And that's a good heart to have, and it's been a privilege to stand. And so it's been a big season of sending. And along the way of that, you begin to learn some of the cost and some of the questions of how do you do that well, and what does it look like, and how do you count the cost and the impact for those of us who haven't gone somewhere? What does that look like? And how do we keep ground, and how do we keep believing God for what he's doing, though you might feel like, gosh, there aren't as many of us as there used to be. Or, but if they've gone, how are we going to? That, those kind of dynamics and questions that can easily come in. But at the same time, over that season, as we've had a, a season of giving and, and blessing others, God has begun a season of blessing us, and we've received in this same season. In fact, we've received many new friendships with, with partners, with other churches and leaders right across the town in this, over this last five-year period. As we really, five, six years ago, when Tom Price from Discovery um, knocked on my door, I don't know what he did, gave me a text message or something and said, do you fancy a coffee? Just believe God wants to um, unite the churches across the town and bring a fresh unity. Really believe that's, Tom said, that, I really believe that's what God's laid on my heart for this um, next season. And that we're to begin to find ways of gathering as leaders to bless one another and encourage one another and partner together in the kingdom of God. And really the last five years has been a journey of, of churches and leaders and many from across the churches forging new relationships learning to love one another, learning to get over differences that really didn't matter that much, learning to honor one another and think the best of one another. And God has been doing a remarkable thing. And it is something that is, 
I think, really quite breathtaking what God has done in relationships among churches in this town. And from a day when, to be honest, even as a youngster, I remember growing up in this town and churches speaking badly of one another. Not just disinterested, but actually not even honoring one another. Almost with an attitude, well, it's a good job we're here because who even knows if those guys down the road are saved? And you think, how did we used to think like that? And God, over the last five years, really has done this massive work of bringing unity and deep love and deep relationship among the church, both at, uh, at a, um, both in a practical way of seeking to bless the town and work together on different initiatives and projects and social action work, but also, and again, thank you to Ian and Anna particularly, um, for, for serving the town in that and serving the church in that. And they've done a, an amazing job of helping to forge connections and bring togetherness as we express the love of God and the kingdom of God to those who are broken and hurting in the town. But also as leaders, we, we've learned to love one another and to build relationships. And I find myself in these days, and I know we do as a team, saying I couldn't imagine building church any other way. There's not another way I'd rather go from here than to say we want to be with God's people building together, working together, partnering together. It's Jesus' vision for his church, no less, and God has called our heart with it. And it's easy to miss that, and I I hope you are getting sick of us talking about this, because I think it is the most amazing thing that God is doing in his church in these days. Bringing a unity, a togetherness, a love and respect among believers for one another. A sense of, hey, we are here for one another, for the glory of God. And of course, that has been a blessing to us. And as we have given, God has blessed us and we've received new relationships with others in the town. And for us personally, we believe as a team and as a church, we have a part to play in that, to to serve and to bless other churches and to resource others where we can. We believe that we've got a, a part to play that God's given us a role in that from the resources that he's given us. Guys, we are richly blessed. I want to remind you that this morning. We are richly blessed in the resource that God has given to us as a church. And we have a part to play in blessing others also who don't have so much. And we want to run that race. Really, for us, as we look out, as we look forward, that is a lane in front of us that we are excited to be running down. But my heart is this, that it isn't simply something that leaders carry in their hearts. That isn't good enough because it's something that God is doing in this new era. But that in fact, each one of us have a deep hunger and a passion and a longing for the church of Jesus in this town to, be, to have a fresh unity, to bless brothers and sisters in Christ, to have a hunger for God, for his glory to be shown in his church, not just because we do things well and make things shiny, but because we deeply love one another, because that's what Jesus asked of us. Hey, by that kind of love, they'll know that you're my disciples. And that's what the town needs right now. In in an age of growing racism and bigotry and fear and separation and tribalism, it kind of seems right, doesn't it, that Jesus would bring a unity and togetherness and a love and respect and honor among his own people. So often when you track church history against, um, against cultural history, there's a parallel and you see that God is using the events of the day and doing something with his church to say, hey, I am over this situation. I've got this situation. And it's the job of the church to respond in those times, 
to what God is doing. It's a job of the church to understand what is it that God's doing in our generation. What is it that God's doing? That's a question each one of us should be asking in our own lives. God, what are you doing? God, what are you doing in my life? How do I respond? It's a question we should be asking as a church. What is God doing? How do we respond to that? How do we shape ourselves around that? It's a question we're learning to ask with the churches across the town. What is it that God's doing here? How do we respond? How do we move forward? The reality is all of these things, the giving and counting the cost of that and actually receiving and counting the cost of that, all of it takes energy and capacity. It takes time. It takes effort. Relationships, as you know, are not free. They are an investment. They are hard work. And it takes time. And the reality is there's been some aspects of local church life that we haven't been able to push into in the way that we'd love to because actually God's been doing this and we've wanted to really pursue him on what he's doing here with unity and togetherness. Not at the expense of other stuff, but to say we've got to get this. We have to have this as part of who we are in the days ahead. And so even as we came into the start of this new term, school, school term in September, I think I was aware, and as a team, we were just keenly aware that, gosh, this has been a costly season. There's been a cost to operating like this. There's been a cost to laying hold of God in what he's doing in this season. And as I was reflecting on that and thinking it through, praying about it at the start of this um, school term, I just felt God keenly reminding me of his promises to us. You know, we, right from day one, when... By the way, we were 27 years old. Um, so if you're older than that, congratulations, you're 27 years old. No, uh, two weeks ago, we had our 27th birthday as a church. So happy birthday, everybody. Belated birthday. I'm not very good with dates. I even forget it's Christmas, to be honest. Um, so, um, but right from day one, 27 years ago, God spoke to us about building locally but thinking internationally. We've always believed that we're here to bless the town, to, to build a church of size and substance in this town, to see God's kingdom come here in this town. But also that this isn't, we're not just here for Swindon, as I was saying a moment ago, we're here for the nations of the world. We're here for the far off borders of, of the world. We're here to cross borders, to break down walls of dividing, that divide men and women from God and from one another. That's what we're about. And that really has caught us right from day one. It's a DNA thing for us that we're to build locally and think internationally. And it has shaped us. And in different seasons of, of our story, it's looked like different features on us, but it has shaped us nonetheless that we are here to build locally and think internationally. Another point of who we are captivated by is that we are a people that want to pursue intentionally to be intentionally diverse in who we are. That we learn what it is to be a people of diversity and that we do that well. In fact, not that we just do it well, but that we do it superbly well, that we really, really do learn what it is to reflect the, the mix of cultures and ages and races and sexes that God has put amongst us at different ages, that we, we learn what it is to kind of go, God has made us a diverse people. And that not only do we celebrate it, but that it fuels something in mission of us to say, but this is what God is doing. He's bringing together white and black. He's bringing together old and young, male and female in his New people, the church. Because 
the diversity of God's people is stunning to all of creation. It's actually called the manifold wisdom of God. And it's on display. And again, let's be honest, it's not an easy thing. And we know that we know less about it than we know about it, if that makes sense. I hope that makes sense. We don't know as much as we'd like to know or as we need to know. It's hard. It's challenging. I am sure that we get stuff wrong all the time. Unaware. Sometimes we'll be aware. But at the same time, I know that we have to pursue diversity. That it has to captivate our hearts together. And I know there's lots of different types of diversity I haven't even mentioned about. And so please, if that's you and who you are, please don't be offended by that. But diversity is a complex thing that we need to take ground on. We need to grow in. We need to treasure it and thank God for the diversity among us. We're a family of families, as I heard recently. The diversity among us is that we're not all trying to be the same. We're not trying to become this monoculture. We're trying to be a kingdom culture who is a family of families. And we need to learn to express that and treasure that among us. Different stories, different backgrounds, different perspectives that we bring to enhance and build and strengthen who we are in God together. Where does time go? Kim McCaffrey, just I want to read a couple of prophetic words that have shaped us over this, um, really over the, the, our journey as a church and then more recently as well. Kim McCaffrey in 2007, um, he, I'm just taking snippets of what he said. He said, I heard God say, I don't want you Gateway Church, I don't want you to stick to the minor roads. That's too easy. I've got bigger things for you. And I felt faith rising in your spirit. But God says, I don't want you to stick to the minor roads. I want to cause you to expand your thinking of what God's going to do amongst you. He's got great exploits for you. God says, it will cost you, but that he's extravagant. Don't want you to stick to the minor roads. Can I tell you that seeking unity among the church does not feel like a minor road? It feels like a major road for the church. What God is doing, and it's not just here in Swindon, by the way, God is doing this across the nation. He is forging fresh relationship and hunger and togetherness in his church right across the nation. It is not a minor Road. It doesn't detract us from what God is doing. It is what God is doing among us. In fact, other things that once we would have said, but we can't let go of that. We must keep doing that as we've always done it. If I'm being honest, sometimes I think some of those things probably were minor ropes. It's time for the church to grow up. Say, hey, what God has called us, we've got to expand our thinking. Julian Adams, hopefully you're beginning to learn this one because we hopefully say it enough. 2013. He said this, and so know that God's hand is upon you, gateway. I feel like there is something about there is something God about God wanting to hotspot this place. I don't often prophesy about hotspots, but I believe they are places I think that God wants to put his finger on in the nation that will act as a significant move of God in the nation. And I believe that God wants to put his finger on this church and on this city. That where there has been a predictability, where there has been a normality, where there has been the same old, same old concerning this town, God says, I'm going to turn it 
around. I don't want you to stick to the minor ropes. I'm going to turn it around. And God says, I'm going to begin to give you some breakthroughs that are going to come. And I feel like God says, I want you to get ready for that in this, in this next season. And so some of the wineskin is going to change. And I believe some of the stuff to do with meeting places is going to change. And where you meet is going to change. And what that looks like is going to change. And that was another season for us of giving is as we multiplied a few years back now into two sites across Swindon. I believe that I'm not just talking about buildings or this meeting place. I am talking about going to, there's going to be some strategic plants into areas and home group, for home groups and smaller congregations that God is going to begin to unlock because God is going to give you a network across the town of Swindon and so you are to get ready because God is about to bring some significant breakthrough for you. This was 2013, just before Tom knocked on my door and said, hey, I feel we should get to know one another. And God has begun to network across the town. And Julian carries on. And I just believe that as you step up and into this, you are going to begin to see the budget increase. And I believe the Lord wants to say that he wants to commend you because you guys are like the church in Philippi and that you give and you give and you give. It goes on to say it's a transition season. But God is going to begin to unlock a wineskin that is going to begin to pour wine across the city and release the kingdom of God wherever you go. So get ready for that. There's going to come some strategic placings God is going to put you in, in this town. And really we've been caught as a church right from day one and all the way through God's reminded us, don't get stuck on the minor ropes. I want you to expand your thinking. I've, I've got a bigger purpose for you than just Gateway Church. We're not just here for one another. We're not just here for this morning. We are here because God is doing something in this nation, in this town, in our generation, and we need to align ourselves to that. I think I've mentioned to you before that uh, in March 2017, as a team, we um, had some time away together and we were praying and God really as we were praying one morning God broke in on our time together and and he gave he said I want to bring fresh perspective into how you see what it is that I've called you to be and do and it was it was a an amazing time where there was repenting and crying before God where we were getting our hearts right as God broke in and said guys you're missing some of what it is I've called you to be you're doing it out of the wrong perspective and that can be a killer and since then, God has begun to take us on a journey of changing our perspective, both personally and together. And it's been costly. And for myself and Emma, and I'm not going to bore you with the details, but probably this last two years or so has been probably, again, some of the hardest years we've had in married life over the last 20 years. We thought the first three or four were difficult. And then Two years ago, it felt really difficult because life just got complicated. And we just, our, 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 I guess our MO, our way of operating since we got married was that we'll make it work. We were 17 when we had Sam and we're like, well, we'll make it work. We'll do whatever it takes to make it work, which is fine until you don't have the resource or the skill or the energy or the capacity or the knowledge or whatever it is to make it work. And then you discover, actually, we're not very strong, and we're not very clever, and we're not very good, and we can't make it work. And over the last year, 
we, God has taught us new things. He's put new foundations into our marriage and communication and ways of relating and, and being together in some of the challenges we face. The reality is the circumstances don't change. But God has fueled us in a new way and he's begun to give us fresh perspective on what family is and what church is and leadership and relating and loving one another and the kids. And we, I'm not saying we've arrived on that yet, but we're learning what that looks like. And some of it, even right now, we're looking at it and going, I don't know how we move towards that. And there's times where we find ourselves back where we were or on the edge of where we were and go, no, we can't be there because that, that was not good for us. And we pull ourselves back to what God has put in us. And we go, God, you have been doing this work of fresh perspective. Don't worry. <laughs> and the same for us as a team. That we found ourselves learning and, and wrestling through and fighting for fresh perspective in what God is doing among us. And some of what he's doing among us, we're still learning, and we don't know. But what I do know is it isn't just about making things work better. That isn't what God is asking us to do in this season. It's not, well, we just make it work, because our own story is, it, sometimes you can't just make it work. It's not, hey... Let's be a strong and stable church. Because sometimes, as we know in life, you can't be a strong and stable anything. It doesn't always work like that. But the grace of God upon his people is, I can. I am. And I will. And that's our story is this last year. Is it feels like God's been saying to us, I can resource. I can give blessing in your life. I can meet the need. I can meet your lack. I can strengthen you where you're weak. But you've got to let me in. You've got to let me have my way in your life. And for us as a church in this season, and this is really why this side of Christmas we wanted to say, come on, let's make sure we understand what God is doing because I believe that God is leading us into this season as a church where actually our goal isn't to be strong and healthy. We want to be a healthy people in God. Of course we do. And of course we want to build with strength, but that, isn't, that mustn't be our framework. Our framework is Gosh, God, we can't do this, but you can. And we've got to learn to lean into him in a new way in the days ahead. There was a, a word that came to our wider family of churches um, middle of last year and about this new era. And I know we've read it, and I want to read it again, because again, I want this to sit in our hearts and frame our thinking of what God is doing and it said this, I believe that God is taking us into a new era. It's not a change of season as it's not something we have experienced before. New eras present a total change of landscape, which brings about such a significant change in the mode of operation. Seasons are recognizable by those who've experienced them before, and one can find yourself back at the same point. A new era is something totally new. And what's so encouraging about this is it, it seems like God is speaking to lots of his body, lots of the church, both in this nation and across the nations, about this new era that he is leading the church into. And so I really believe we've got to have our radar up and say, God, what is it you're doing? That question again. What is it that you're doing in this nation, in the nations of the world? What is this new era? And as this prophetic word says, it's not recognizable. It's not just, oh, we're back here again. We haven't been there before. And so we're going to have to learn along the way. And that is difficult for any of us to learn new things, especially as we get older. I just watched Jude uh, 
our second son learning Spanish, and he just flies with it. And he, he just, I said to Emma the other day, isn't it weird when your kids get to that age, when they begin to know more than you about something? Um, I don't know anything about Spanish. I'm sure he knows more than me about lots of things, but just able to talk about topic. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I have nothing to offer on this. Um, well done. <laughs> but this is a new era. And it kind of seems to me that when God is leading his people into a new era, he says, consider your ways. Consecrate yourselves before me because I'm going to do amazing things ahead of you. And our job in that is not to go, right, we'll do it, whatever the cost, we'll make it happen, we'll cross the Jordan, we'll get into the promised land, we'll, we'll make it happen. God says, no, I'm leading you. I'm doing this. Your job, church, follower of Jesus, is to fall in love with him. And watch as God does amazing things. And so then, just more recently, as we had Janet with us, and I'll finish in just a moment, I'm aware of the time. Janet, um, again, a prophet who, who serves our wider family of churches, regions beyond. She was with us, as you remember, just a couple of months ago now, and I felt that was such a significant um, time, her being with us. And we had an evening together with um, the site team leaders um, on one of the evenings that she was here. And while she was here, she, she talked about a lot about um, God's mandate for us as a church. And that God is giving us a mandate. And really, as she was sharing that, I was caught by that word, mandate. It's not a word that we would really use very often, but I felt as... Janet kept reinforcing that word, and as I was, I was reflecting on it, I felt God caught my heart with it. And a mandate means this, an official order or commission to do something. And so, as I've reflected on this and been praying about it, what I am aware of is that though the promises of God and what he is doing and this new era and, and our heart to be a diverse people, a people who are pursuing unity, a people who, who love God, who want to both send and receive people to resource the church. God's saying, this is my mandate upon you, Gateway. It's not just a vision somewhere out there. I am, this is my divine order on you to be this. And by the way, I'll resource it. You don't need to be able to make it happen. I'll make it happen as you get hold of me and believe me for this and really that's a pattern of sometimes what God does is that he begins to whisper promises to you back 27 years ago I was just having a coffee with June Keel the other day and we and we were talking about the when the church started saying can you believe it's 27 years ago and there were kind of like simple promises that God had put in Andrew and the team as they as they got going um, with Swindon Family Church as we were there and then those promises kind of become a vision. You kind of go, oh, this is not just things that God has spoken to us about. This is to shape who we are. And now it feels like God's going, no, this is my mandate for you, church. It's not just because it's the way you like to do things. It's what I am calling my church to in this day and for us in particular, that we have to respond to that. And just one thing that Janet um, said when she was among us and we were praying together as a team um, as we had a meal together one evening, she said, there is going to come such a steadiness and such a strength amongst you. And I just see from time to time that God is going to begin to add people, send them from other networks, ministers, just to put another brick in the wall to help consolidate and build this house. I see that God is going to establish in each one of your hearts 
Just that knowing that this is the place. That expectancy that God has got his hand on this house and you are to, you're building in the right place and in the right direction. She finished by saying this, and, I, and so it's going to become much easier, more intentional and more direct. Sorry, this is still Janet. And I feel that God is saying, don't look back, don't look around, just keep your eyes focused, and he's going to build his church through you. Boy, do we need encouragement like that in these days. Say, hey, guys, where you've been trying to make it work, God says, it's going to become easier. I'm going to do it. And guys, I just want to repent in front of you if in this last era that my heart has been one where it's God We'll make this happen no matter what. We'll, we'll get the job done. God, you can trust us. We'll do it. We'll have the skills or the resource. Or, and I think God goes, fine. If that's how you want to do it, go on then. Off you go. But he loves us too much to leave us to our stupidity. And as God broke in on us a few years back, it feels like God's just gone, you, you don't have the skills. You're not strong and stable, but I am. And so as we... As we um, respond to God in this new era and say, what does it look like? The reality is none of us know. There are things I believe God's beginning to write and features and bringing definition to what it will look like in the days ahead. But I feel like God's saying, I don't want you to just to go and grab hold of that right now. That was the old way of doing it is, well, look, this is what God's doing. Let's grab hold of it and make it happen. I really believe that God's saying that's not the way you're to build in the days ahead. But in fact, he's inviting us, that his promises to us are an invitation and he's inviting us to pursue him. And so when Janet was among us on the West on that Sunday morning and she was praying for myself and Emma at the end, I don't know if you remember that, and she said, um, I see a season where perhaps you take a month off and you'll just begin to realign and allow God to concrete the things in your heart, even for this house, and to get perspective once again. And you would say, but Lord, we've had time off earlier in the year. And the Lord says, I know, but I'm doing a new thing. God is birthing a new thing in Gateway. And just as Janet shared that, I just knew in my spirit that that was um, something that God was highlighting. I was just aware, even from the time off earlier, earlier in the year, that wasn't so much of a sabbatical. That was like, ah, help, God. It was one of those moments. And I knew that over this last year, we've just been um, leading, but without that, without that sense of God concrete things, concreting things in my heart and that perspective of God's got this. And so as Janet said this, I just knew it was right. And as a team, we were talking about it and just saying, yeah, I think it's right that you take some time, that I take some time just to be with God. That that part of me, that part of my privilege and my role of leading, of just leading from a place of intimacy with God and time with God, that that is what I'm doing. And Emma said, it's not time off. It's just doing what you're meant to be doing, um, as wives get to say. And, and so actually, just this last three weeks and for the, just up to Christmas, I'm, just, I'm not off, but I've just taken time to clear the diary and say, God, I want to be with you. And he goes, great, have a cold. No, um, and, and just say, God, I know I need you. God, I know that if we are going to move into this new era, it has to start with my heart being hungry for you. 
God, it has to start with each one of our hearts being hungry with you. Otherwise, what will happen, guys, is we will just do the same old, same old, same old. And in five years or 50 years, we'll look back and we won't have changed at all. And it's about allowing God to come and realign our hearts, to come and concrete the things of God, the things of his kingdom that he's doing in our generation, on our watch, that the annals of history will record and say, hey, in this generation, in Swindon, how did the church fare? Guys, can we be hungry that they say, and they loved one another, and the kingdom of God came in power, and God did miracles and miraculous things among his people that blessed this town and spilt over into many other towns and cities and nations of the world. Because that's what God's mandate is for us, church. And we have to respond to that, not by, get, not by working hard, not just shooting for some ethereal out there thing. God will make it so plain to us as we get hold of him. But by coming alive in God. Can I just invite you to stand? I want to read one verse and I'll finish with this. I hope that, I hope that resonates and just lands well. I'm aware it's... Not preach, it's just really sharing my heart of where we are. I just want to invite you just to open your hearts before God, whether you know him or not this morning. Whether you love him or not. Because that's his invitation to you, is I want to love you. I want you to love me. I want you to know me. I want you to have life in its fullness. I want you to become more human as you know me. And guys, I just bless you In the name of Jesus. In Matthew 11, in the message version, it says this. Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. And guys, just as I've sought to spend time with God, and I don't mean it's been some mountaintop experience, but just seeking to still my heart before him, Allow him to reorder things and priorities and perspectives. To say, hey, Colin, this is an area of life I want you to deal with. It's an area that needs repenting or changing. And why don't you let me come and do that? I just want to invite you again, each one this morning, that we will be men and women who who live the unforced rhythms of grace. That it isn't by our might or by our skill or by our ingenuity or even by our hard work, but it's by the Spirit of God. And really, as I've looked out and kind of been thinking, God, what are you doing in this new era over these last few weeks? I've just taken this time to do this. I felt like God said, I don't, I've got it. I've got that. I've got it. Seek me. Seek me. Know me. Enjoy me. Declutter life. Pursue my grace. Live as a follower 
of me. And I just feel that's God's invitation to us, church, in this point. As we look out and go, what does this new era look like and how do we get there? God says, I've got that. Hey, come and know me. Come and draw life from me. Just been living with John 15. Please go home and read it again as Jesus says, I'm the vine. And you're the branches being plugged into me, drawing your life from me. And so God, we bless your name this morning and all you're doing. We thank you again for the journey that you've taken us on. Lord, we thank you that you discipline us and you prune us because you love us and because you've called us to bear much fruit and often. And we say, Lord, we want to be fruitful. We want to abide in you in these days. We want to be hungry for you and for your kingdom. And thank you, Lord, that you've said, I will build my church. And we love you and we love your bride. We love your church. And Lord, we're desperate to see this town encounter your kindness and your mercy. Lord, not just in presence, great as they are, but in your presence of your person, your son, Christ Jesus, who entered into the mess of our lives and gave us a hope and a future. That through his death, even on a cross in our place, we might find life eternal and life in its fullness. And so we bless all you're doing in these days among us. And Lord, we say we want to follow you so gladly into this new era. Lord, we look forward to seeing its features and its landmarks and, and whatever it looks like and going, wow, look what God has done. And that, Lord, at the end of the day, we say it wasn't us, it was God. And so we bless your name and we bless one another. In the name of Jesus, amen.